Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 26, Alternate Earths. Well, hello and welcome to the penultimate episode, I guess you can say, of Cauldron of Worlds. For those who are just joining us today afresh, let me kind of give you a rundown of what's going on. This is a world-building podcast I've been doing now for about, well, actually three seasons now. And this season will be my last, as far as I can tell, for the foreseeable future. And I've been basically setting it up for this particular series, uh, season, I should say, on a quarterly basis. So this will be the third episode of the year, and there'll be one more episode after this, which will take place on the final quarter of the year. So just want to give you a heads up on that and let you know how the scheduling process goes. If you want more information about what I'm talking about here, I would encourage you to check out the previous episodes. We've done a, I've been calling it a macro to micro approach, basically starting from the very big, broad topics of world design and world building and moving our way down into the smaller minutiae of all the things involved in creating your own world setting. And I've been trying to keep it as, I don't want to say generic, but I guess more open-ended and and non-specific as possible as far as we're talking about genres and things because I want people to be able to use these tips and informations and find some benefit from them for whatever you're doing, whether it's you know urban fantasy, traditional fantasy, science fiction, uh, alternate realities, uh, you know, young adult kind of stuff, romance stuff. I mean, you can find some benefit in all these episodes to some degree, my, my hope is, to use and encourage you to make better world settings and have fun and, and learn from my mistakes and learn from what other people have been able to do and do successfully that I've learned from in the past and run with that. So that's the general gist of what this series has been about. And I want to thank everyone who has stayed with me from the beginning or maybe joined on later on and follow through. I do appreciate that. I, 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 it's good to see. I can tell people are getting it. I can tell where it's getting reached uh, for the most part. I know it's not 100% accurate. It's probably not even close to 100%, probably a little bit lower than that. But numbers I do get are uh, beneficial as far as I can see kind of where where things are getting reached. I have a rough idea of maybe where people are picking it up, but it's not that we're near the, the same as having people themselves contact me and tell them where you're getting access to it or how you're getting access to it. So if that is you and you want to share that with me before we kind of go off the air, so to speak, with this podcast, uh, please feel free to email me at cauldron, that's C-A-U-L-D-R-O-N, at chadcorey.com. And just let me know, like I said, where, you, where you're located and how you found the podcast, where you're getting it, what you're, you know, you're subscribing or where you're getting access to it. That would still really benefit me as far as learning, like I said, who you guys are and uh, who has been able to be benefited from it. And if you're able to share any insight on what you've been able to get out of this series in general, if you've been able to be benefited from it in any way, that would be helpful for me to know as well. So if I ever step back into this or do something similar to this in the future, I can know what is working well for other people and what maybe needs to kind of be reshuffled or, or retweaked a little bit to uh, maybe even just dropped out entirely. So that's, like I said, benefits you, benefits me, and I, I encourage you to do that. Also, if you have any questions, I do plan on answering some questions in the final episode, um, kind of wrap everything up on that front. So if you have any questions, commentary, feedback you wish to share, 
please do so between now and uh, the next couple months. And I will do my best to take advantage of what you share and try and incorporate that into a an answer or maybe a combination of answers that I can share on the next episode. And I want to try and get everything covered and wrapped up as best I can, since that will be the final episode in this series. All right, a couple of other quick announcements real quick before I move into things here. Uh, for those who don't know, at the time of this recording, Dark Horse has made available the next book in the world of Trollodon called The Shadow Regent, available for pre-order. So that is now, I believe, especially in America, I don't know overseas yet, but you can go through the usual suspects, you know, Amazon, Books A Million, uh, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, so on and so forth, and take advantage of their pre-order options, or at least find out more about the book in general. I will be able to share more information about the book probably later this year. Uh, I'm waiting to get the final proof back from the book, right, which I have to go through after the editor has gone through, and then we you know, go through a couple of rounds of that to make sure everything's uh, up to snuff on that, and then I'll be able to probably share an excerpt from it. But right now we have the the cover up and the, the information about the book you can take advantage of. And again, do a pre-order on it. I will say that the page count is rather low. It's what's listed on the uh, pages. It's not, it's not going to be the final page count. It's actually going to be higher than that. I, I think that's kind of the default number they put in there for all the books. So don't be too overly shocked if you see the page number. I think it's like 280, which it, it isn't going to be 280. It's going to be more than that. But again, I think it's the default they, they put in there. And uh, we have, I think, all the basic information about that. Unfortunately, at this point in time, they only are able to release the print version on there for pre-order. There will be an audio uh, book coming out, and there will be a digital book as well. But I was told that they have to wait a few more months to get some things put together on that process. So if you are someone who enjoys audiobooks more than traditional books or ebooks over traditional books, you might want to wait or maybe bookmark it and come back in a couple months. I'll try and make people aware of that too when that happens. Uh, but otherwise, you are certainly able to take advantage of the trade paperback option if that is something of interest. And real quick here too, at the time of this recording again, uh, the box set for the Wizard King trilogy is still on track to be released in just a few weeks. Well, a few weeks for me. I am looking at the 27th of September. I'll be getting my advanced copies a little bit earlier than that, so I'll be looking forward to sharing more information online and probably a video about that as well. But I do encourage you, if this is something that is of an interest to you, to take advantage of it and do a pre-order either for you or maybe your friend or a gift or something. The reason I'm kind of getting more animate about that is because the more I learn about what's going on, the more I realize this might not be something which we have an indefinite supply of. In other words, they are looking, it sounds like, maybe making this more like a traditional limited time special edition type of thing when they print it. So that means there might not necessarily be a reprint, although I'm sure should we sell out everything real quick and we need to do some more books, they would be more than happy to do so, as would I. But the initial plan, I think, is they're trying to get not just enough to carry through all the initial orders through the end of this year and into the beginning part of next year, but you know, we have some cushion on top of that. So in other words, having enough to get us through the Christmas season and into the, the early part of next year and then that might be about it. So it's it's kind of like a limited edition, special edition type of thing. So, again, I don't know if there's going to even be a reprint initially. I'm, again, if we do a lot, I'm sure they will. But 
I can't say that for sure. So if this is something you want to take advantage of, I would encourage you to do your pre-order now, tell your friends about it, do a pre-order now, and, and get a hold of it, because that will really help as we get the final printing done here to make sure we have enough copies for everyone to go around. I just, I don't want to see us have a reprint or re, repeat of what we did last year when the first book in the series sold out right before, right actually during, I think the end of November, so we had, we had nothing for December, which was unfortunate because that was when things were really taken off. And so we I, there might not be a quick turnaround on the reprint on this either is what I'm saying. So if you want to get a copy or get it for gifts and things like that, do take advantage of that and uh, sign up for that. So with that being said, let's move into today's topic, which is the alternate Earths. Now, it's a little bit, it might sound similar to what I shared last episode talking about multiverses and things like that. And... It might have some elements, I guess, or minor components in that. But basically what I want to do is talk today about what I haven't really gotten into yet, which is another flavor of world building, which is, uh, I guess you can say, urban fantasy, magical realism, um, moving into the field of, you know, alternate, slightly different version of Earth and and things like that. So there's a whole category, whole genres of different types of fiction and and, uh, media and entertainment and stuff that fall within this category. You can even argue that comic books are a type of alternate Earth or magical realism or what have you in that they're supposed to take place on Earth, but it's not really our Earth, and it's you know because again, there's there's aliens and there's space people and there's superpowered you know god beings whatever. So there's there's elements of fantasy and science fiction and science fantasy that are tied into it. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about some components and aspects that go into making alternate Earth realities. Now, first of all, a lot of what I shared already, I'm not going to rehash. So again, go back and look at previous episodes of this podcast, and you'll be able to take advantage of them with this type of concept as well. Obviously, some of the things that we don't have to rehash in particular are you already have world, it's earth, you already have a basic history in place, you already have cultures and groups of people and and things of that nature which have already been established, and you can more readily access and uh, connect with. So some of your build-up to the world itself is not going to be as intense. I mean, you have a lot of the foundation and framework in place. Now, the changes that take place a lot of times are alternate histories or uh, changed or, you know, what we say, more fantastical histories, I guess you can say, of various cultures, peoples, religions, so on and so forth that you can incorporate into your world setting. So, for instance, you know, I look at the example of, you know, the Marvel Universe. You have the, the Eternals and things like that, which are, you know, kind of like godlike beings, and then you they're out there doing stuff, and you have the, the people on top of them, the Celestials and things like that. With DC Comics, it's the example of the, the Monitor, and then I think they have a new super evil villainous now, that you know, that kind of thing that ties into the, the, the goddess thing. And then, of course, you have alternate uh, cultures and things like aliens and stuff who are almost like gods, like with Superman and things like that. So there's a lot of various twists and turns that you can incorporate into your story. Uh, again, you can think of things, a lot of that ties into uh, the Underworld series I'm thinking about in particular now, where you have a, a secret history of vampires and werewolves that have existed with humanity through all this time. That's a common trope that's used a lot of times with a lot of the urban fantasies you have. Usually that tends to be, you know, all the myths were real. So all the, the legends and myths of fairies and goblins and 
werewolves and vampires and stuff were real. And then you have, of course, the, the wizards and stuff were sometimes the protectors or, or the lineages of different people that were sometimes the protectors that needed to keep the peace or, or defend people or humanity from these good or you know evil creatures and so on and so forth. So there's you know that ultimate alternate history, that secret society type of stuff that gets incorporated into the storyline. And you can see that again with stuff like Jim Butcher's, uh, well, not just Jim Butcher, but the whole industry of urban fantasy usually has that type of element to it where there's a secret world that people don't know about existing parallel or behind the scenes with ours. And, and they're trying to, you know, do their thing and save humanity or maybe try and hurt humanity, one or the other, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So incorporating alternate history is one of the major aspects and components of doing something with a alternate earth or an ultimate, you know, world building process. That's probably going to be the most creative intensive as far as design work goes. Again, you've already got the world figured out. You already got the mechanics of physics figured out. You already got a lot of the backgrounds and cultures and things done. So it's just a matter of tweaking some things on the peripherals, adding in your own little spin on things, and then going from there. The challenge with it is trying to keep it believable and, um, Realistic. I know that seems kind of strange when we're talking about doing, you know, something fantastical uh, in some way, shape, or form. But we talked in previous episodes about having an overall cohesiveness to your world setting, something that keeps it believable and uh, allows people to be immersed into it rather easily, and they don't easily get shocked or, or sent out of it. So the challenge, a lot of times, is to find elements that let people know that this is Earth, and it's kind of like Earth, like we know it, but there's also this believable other element to it that people don't know about. Whether that's, you know, secret societies, secret monsters, alien conspiracies, ancient civilizations that still exist, maybe in the center of the Earth, on the moon, you know, all the various things that you've seen incorporated into these uh, world's alternate earth realities over the years. So the challenge, like I said, is to try and find ways to blend those together strong enough that it seems plausible enough and cohesive and believable in the sense that, yeah, I know it doesn't really exist, but you know, it, it, it might, you know, it just might. So you, you pull enough of the real world connections and then you add in your own elements in such a way that tie everything together as, as closely and tightly as possible. And again, unfortunately, I can't get super specific on that because I don't know what you're trying to create. And I don't want to hinder people in one way or the other from what they want to do. I just want to try and provide some basic information on that front. Now, the flip side of the coin is that you are going to have to be more structured or disciplined, I guess you can say, in maintaining that overall believability that this is Earth. And what do I mean by that? Well, in previous episodes, we talked about having freedom to do whatever you wanted to do in your world. You basically are designing it. You're the God, so to speak. And you have control and free reign over what everything looks like, how it operates, how it moves and flows, and all that kind of stuff. You're not so much given that freedom when you're trying to do alternate Earths. You're looking at working with what's already here and physics as we understand them and, you know, the history as we know it. You know, again, you can do some tweaks in the peripherals, but basically you can't really change, you know, the cultures here. You can't really change 
that you know China is China. You can't really change that America is America. Um, that's pretty much established. They have their borders, they have their boundaries, so on and so forth. That's done. Now, on alternate Earths, of course, you can have some more fun and alternate histories, I guess you can say. You can have, you know, what if the Nazis won? What if, you know, Napoleon won? That kind of thing. And people have done that and they've done their own uh, change and tweaks on things. But again, you're not you're not changing what has already come. I mean, you're still going to have French people. You're still going to have those previous countries. You're still going to have those nationalities, ethnicities, so on and so forth. I mean, they're still there. You're not not totally erasing them or doing something from whole cloth. So the, the challenge you have is to try and be as thorough and realistic as you can about those various topics. So you have to know, do a good job of describing cars if you're doing a modern version or carriages or clothing styles or hairstyles or television and pop culture. You know, you have to be very informed, shall we say, and, and do a really good job of keeping things consistent, not just with the story, but also with the real world. And that for some people can be a challenge because you have to, like I said, keep a running, uh, not say dialogue, but a running backstory of how everything looks and operates in the real world. And like I said, for me personally, that just never was a, a fun thing for me because I didn't want to base it on the real world. But there are some people that think that's fun and they want to do that, and that's that's them. They can do that. But again, like I said, you got, you got to make sure how to describe the cars the right way, how to describe buildings the right way, understand how you know elevators work, understand, you know, because all this stuff is relevant to your story, understand how electricity works, understand, you know, just the basic stuff because obviously you're going to have these things working in your world setting. And then, of course, understand modern firearms a little bit, understand or maybe understand traditional classic firearms like from the colonial days and things like that. If you're doing more, you know, alternate history type of things and, and maybe, you know, the, the colonial wars were different back then or things like that. So, Again, it's just it's a little bit different flavor of research, a little bit different flavor of world building because again, you're taking something that has already been established and is very well ingrained in a lot of people's minds, but now you're having to put your own interpretation on it and do your own uh, version of it. So, but you can't go too far outside the lines because you're you're not doing a traditional fantasy, in that anything can go you still have to work within the boundaries of what we call the real world on this planet and this reality and go from there. So that's the challenge that a lot of people are going to face. Again, it's not insurmountable. It's something you can do, but do be aware it's not like making something from whole cloth. Like I said, on one side of the coin, that's a good thing because it's already done for you. But on the other side of the coin, you have a lot of people who are very familiar with Earth and the history of Earth and various aspects of Earth, whether it's cell phones to handguns to electronics to computers, internet. So you, you really have to do more research and make sure you understand how things work, not just so you can tell a more believable story grounded in our, on our world, so to speak, but also how you can incorporate and add elements of whatever you want to do for your alternate Earth in there. Maybe you have cyber magic or something like that. Well, you have to understand how electricity works, how the internet works, how you know, a lot of different things work in order to incorporate a believable magic system into the equation if that's something you want to do. So again, that's just some thoughts I wanted to pass on. Uh, I am not wasn't able to get into a great deal of specifics because a lot of the stuff already has been covered in previous episodes, but I did want to kind of share where things differentiate when we look at alternate Earths and things of that nature. So 
Hopefully it was a benefit to you. Thank you again for your time and interest in this podcast. And I will see you for the next particular and final episode of Called in a World, at least for the foreseeable future, next time. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey, all rights reserved.